Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. We're delighted that you're here to share this time with us, and we're honored. I'm not sure what's happening for Michelle with the uh, the control panel, but I'm sure she'll join us momentarily. Or actually, I'm here. Doctor Tim, doing. Well, hey there. I'm here. We have um, we have October. It's a Friday, the 16th, 2015. For the people who might be archiving and making some notes about this radio show, and we welcome everyone to the show, and go ahead, Michael, launch into your your best yet ever intro. Awesome. Well, uh, first of all, let me check and see how the uh, sound is. I'm actually driving. Uh, is, is my sound clean enough? Yeah, it's, it's there's a little bit of road noise, but your voice is rising above it. The In the technical realm, we say you're... Noise to signal ratio is acceptable. All right, awesome. Good. Well, then uh, we're just honored for everybody that chooses to join us, and uh, I'm hoping that maybe Jeannie will call in. She called me uh, about uh, 20 minutes ago and had just finished her presentation for about uh, 60 or so women in um, Pocono Inn in Pocono, Pennsylvania. And uh, she was just on cloud nine, just so excited. She did her presentation this morning and worksheet and just uh, got all kinds of accolades. I, I'm not sure what the noise is in the background, but maybe we can mute somebody, Tim. Banging around. I'll work on it. Okay, great. And so anyway, she was just uh, flying high, so excited. And, uh, and I'm excited for her. It's awesome to see what uh, Jeannie is doing with the work and, and she's taking it forward in particular to women and impacting women so powerfully. And, of course, the exciting part is to watch how, as she prepares to do that, uh, then she gets to do, as 
as I get to do, and, and, and we all do, she gets to do the next level of her work. And so she's, uh, we had two or three major healing crises in the last uh, week or so as uh, layers peeled off. Uh, you know, Jeannie shared before some of the old uh, hip pain that she had when she touched into some old abuse issues from way back when and uh, has peeled many layers of those out just two days before she left for the intensive. There was just a whole other layer of that that came up for her and just moved so powerfully. It's just so amazing. And, you know, people think physical something separate from mental and emotional, but that's a fraud of the culture to keep us thinking that we are physical and that physical things can impact us. And, of course, if somebody throws a rock at you, there is an energy in that rock and the momentum of that rock that can certainly be absorbed by the energy system of your body and throw it out of whack, but as powerfully and sometimes more powerfully at a much deeper level, the rocks that we throw at ourselves and that others throw to us mentally that resonate in us can have just as profound and powerful an impact. And so, of course, what we're looking to do is to support people to take a hold of those energetic influences and insults that have come. You know, if we if we think about what human life is, if you hold a newborn child, you know exactly what a human life is. It's that awesome presence of love. And those assaults, those energies that don't belong in us, if they resonate something in us, have the same impact as a rock coming into the system. And as I say, sometimes more profound and on a deeper cellular level because that energy is an energy, and it's, it's an interesting place in the creative process. I like what Deepak Chopra says, and he talks about uh, the, uh, the, the whole idea when you think of thought, you know, Candace Pert's work that we've talked about before, the head of brain bio research at the National Mental Institute of Health, showed in the lab that you think of thought and it becomes a molecule in the body. Deepak Chopra talks about it as the, that mysterious place where the non-physical becomes so-called physical. And recognizing that energetic insult becomes Literally, when it, when it hits the cell, what the cell biologists are telling us is that it becomes literally what we refer to or call chemistry in the cell. Now, we know that it's not actually chemistry because if there, were, if there was a physical world, we'd have chemistry, but the truth is it's an energetic world. And so when we look at the little tiny time frame or uh, speck of the energetic spectrum we're engaging in, we say... To our senses, this looks like chemistry, but it's really a whole range, a broad range of frequencies that become impacted in the cell. So, so anyway, Jeannie got to peel off a couple of those, and as I say, I hope she's going to call us, although it sounded like they had a pretty busy schedule, a pretty full schedule with the conference. And, uh, and so, so this work of forgiveness is the work of how to remove those energetic insults. You know, if we, uh, if we look at the Greek context, of forgiveness, it, it all looks like everything we're experiencing is everybody else's fault. You made me sad. You made me mad. You hurt me. You caused me pain. You, you really have a problem, you. But of course, when you start thinking about if they're the one with the problem, obviously they'd be the one with the pain. Perhaps the truth is 
if you've got pain, you've got a problem that you're living in denial around, and that's why you can't see that it's yours, that it's your work to do, that it's yours to clean up. And so if you go into the Aramaic language, in that culture, if one were in pain, they would never in a million years be invited to forgive someone else for what's going on inside of them. Because the word forgiveness has nothing whatsoever to do with letting somebody else off the hook because your physiology, your cells, your emotions are producing pain. Forgiveness is the tool with which you go into, as was said in the ancient Aramaic, you must forgive from your heart the wrongs of your brother. That's not a bleeding heart statement that you're forgiving them you know, emotionally from your heart. There, that word heart in the Aramaic is a, is a code word for the unconscious. You've got to go into your unconscious and take all the energetic dynamics that you hold in denial and make pictures of everybody else out of, and you remove them from your structure. And as you remove them from your structure, you're freed of them. So forgiveness is the tool of removal. It's not the tool of letting anybody off the hook. And so we're here to support each and every person understanding and being able to apply the technology of forgiveness. You know, I don't know if Michael might be out there, but yesterday, if you didn't, if you weren't on yesterday's show, please go back and listen to the archive. Uh, and actually, the last two days, very powerful. And yesterday, Michael speaking uh, was someone who came from a military background and um, you know, disabled vet and you know, arrived at Heartland in a wheelchair last summer and uh, six weeks later was jogging up the hill. You want to hear what the phys- what can change on a physical level, let alone the mental, the emotional. Uh, his speaking yesterday was just so empowering for anyone who's ready to do their work. So we're honored to be here to uh, support that process. If you haven't yet engaged in the forgiveness process, then we invite you to go to our website, which is www w-h-y, again, dot org. And if you scroll down a little bit in the middle of the page, you'll see a bullseye. If you click on that bullseye, it'll open a whole series of links. Here's how to engage the forgiveness process. The first three links in particular key into it. The first one gives you Chapter 24 of my book, Free, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? The second link gives you a whole series of worksheets. We suggest you start with the first one on the list. And then the third link steps into the, uh, a series of radio shows where we've actually walked someone through the whole forgiveness process, step by step by step. And so there are 16 hours. Each hour is a complete worksheet where we live on this show have walked somebody through the whole process. So there are 16 custom hours of instructions. If you want to understand forgiveness, now, it's not an easy thing to comprehend that energies that could cause your liver to fail, your heart to fail, your brain to fail, could possibly be removed and free those organs of those energies. That's not an easy thing to understand in a culture that pounds into us that we're physical beings. Max Planck was a physicist in receiving the Nobel Prize in physics. And when he received the Nobel Prize in physics, here's part of what he said. 
As a man who spent his entire life studying matter, I can tell you this much. There is no matter as such. Our entire world is made of succeedingly smaller patterns of vibratory fields nested one within another within another. We are made of these vibratory fields, and if there's something painful in tissue, it's because there is a nested frequency in that tissue that doesn't belong. The essence of actual healing, any actual healing is the energetic dynamics held in the cell that don't belong in the cell have to be removed. Now, that's not an easy conversation to have, when you've been told all your life that you're a physical being and the physical's the problem and we're going to look for your physical disease, we're going to invite you to start to develop eyes to see a bigger picture. You've got to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. You've got to have the brain cells for that conversation. And it takes time to build those brain cells. I like to use an example of imagine that, uh, that we have on a plate on the floor an ounce of gold and then on a plate right beside it we have pound of hamburger and we bring a dog in the room. Now the dog has a choice. The dog could take the ounce of gold and go out and buy 1,500 pounds of hamburger. Or the dog is going to eat the hamburger. Now we know that the dog has absolutely no choice in that situation. The dog is going to pick up the pound of hamburger and eat it. There isn't a dog in the world that's going to pick up the ounce of gold and walk out of the room with it. But if you could train the dog, if you could build the brain cells into the dog to understand that by choosing the ounce of gold, they can go and buy a 1,000 pounds of hamburger, or probably an ounce of gold today, $1,600, buy a whole lot of hamburger for that ounce of gold. If the dog could understand that, there's no dog in the world that would eat the pound of hamburger. But to, to, to build the brain cells, to make the transition from believing that that plate with the, the hamburger on it is more attractive than the ounce of gold only happens because the dog doesn't have the brain cells to understand the value of the ounce of gold. Someone who's been brought up in a world of rage, of guilt, of fear, of pain, of drama and trauma has brain cells similar to the dog looking at something physical and going, oh, the physical, that's it. That's the end all and the be all. And to build the brain cells to recognize that by choosing to function as a human being as love brings healing to those dynamics that never belong within the tissue structure in the first place. And so as you recognize that process of forgiveness and the key, one of the key pieces in the forgiveness process is bringing love into a conscious active space, bringing your human life into activity in you, then th there's no choice other than if I'm in pain, if there's hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, drama, trauma, sadness, to bring that pain to the presence of love and begin its dissolution. It takes time to take somebody out of a world of hostility and fear to get them to understand that. Stick around the work long enough to come to that comprehension, and you won't know one year from now, if you actually engage in the tools, you won't know that you're living in the same world. I mean, you will just be amazed at the changes that happen. And so we're here to support you being able to do that, and 
in order to uh, support you, you can go to our website. There is so much free material. I mean, there are hundreds of hours of material that we'll take you into. Now, if you would like to pay for support, we'd be delighted and honored if you'd support us in doing this work. You know, Jeannie and I generally travel six to ten months of the year. We pay our own expenses, and 95% of our workshops are done free. And the reason we do that is we're committed to giving the tools away. Whether you've got money or not is irrelevant. We want you to have these tools. We want you to benefit from the use of these tools. And you do that by engaging in the process of forgiveness. So go to the website, take the tools, put them to work in your life. Watch what happens. It's absolutely amazing. And so, Dr. Tim, what's exciting in your world today? Just give me a moment to clear my mouth. We got you. Oh, I caught you right in the middle of a bite of food. I appreciate the fact that you take your lunch hour while we're doing the show and you join us and support us in such awesome ways. Well, you're very welcome and deserving. What I have to say today is that yesterday's show was right up there with, and probably even to my ears, a, a tweak better than... Um, April 8th of this year, and on April 8th, Terry Bowling called in, and he gave a testimonial, and it was either on the 7th or the 8th, or the 8th and the 9th, that Terry called in a day or two apart and had some process work, and it was a phenomenal testimonial. So I edited down that and sent the file to Jeannie, and that's one that should be available because you get to see the shift in just a day or two in Terry from having another layer come up and being very traumatized by the energies in his system that he'd been denying and suppressing and then using the tools and you could just hear the growth, the relief, the joy, the energy. Well, on that same show on April 8th, Michael... Coughlin called in, and he also gave a testimonial. Because of my time constraints and because there weren't, there wasn't a, a before and after living example, I didn't separate that file out of Michael's testimonial in April and send it to Jeannie. But his show, uh, his comments on the show yesterday vibrated so much movement, joy, appreciation, recognition of his growth and change, the softness in his voice, the clarity with which he he spoke of these processes, and he sounded like he was integrating your work and other work he's done at newer and higher levels. So I went back and I'm in the process of editing out his contribution from yesterday's show, and I've already added it to a file that has his contribution from the April 8th show. So there are 43 minutes in this file that's nothing but Michael Coughlin talking about some of his history, some of his growth, and his current state. And so when I get that edited with a little bit of an intro, 
I will send that to Jeannie so she can have another file and specially marked on the website because the testimonial, as you were mentioning, is beyond words. And uh, I found it very moving. I found it very hopeful. And I think it's a great thing to be able to have that available for people to refer to. And I've already, last night in our Thursday support group, I played the bulk of Michael's audio for the group after we watched the first hour of Why Is This Happening to Me Again, uh, the four-hour version that was recorded when you were up here in Woodstock, Illinois, back in September of 2014. So that's my offering for today. Um, that and the fact that we had another support group last night, as I mentioned, and again, five absolutely wonderful, loving souls dedicated to improving the quality of their lives, each of them carrying, as we all do, pains and sadness and disappointments from the past that that they're willing to let go of, that they're willing to dismantle. And we did a worksheet process last night that was, again, had a lot of emotion, a lot of tears, a lot of confusion, a lot of laughter. And the end result for everyone in the room was stunning, just stunning. So it's it's my privilege to be able to do that two times a week and my gratitude to everybody who participates in those groups and especially those who offer to do their work out loud as a model for people so we can teach the process as we learn the process at deeper and deeper levels. So that's my offering for today. Are you still with us, Michael? I know he said he was driving, so... No, 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 my, I hit my... I was mute challenged. <laughs> okay, but anyway, I thought you might have gotten into a bad cell area. No, no, we're good. If you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, I would appreciate it if you'd take those two files and send them to my email address, too. I'd like to have them on my computer so that they're readily available. So that would be fair. Okay, do you have any audio editing software yourself? No, I don't. Okay, do you want them as two 20-minute files or one 43-minute file? Uh, probably just one file would be great. Okay, one file would when be I perfect. send it, I'll send it to Jeannie and I'll send it to you as well. And if for whatever reason it doesn't go, I'll put it in a Dropbox to you. Okay. If you could also send that one that you did of Terry's to me, too. I know Jeannie's got it, but if you wouldn't mind while you're doing it, just pop that one in to the Dropbox. I'll I'll download them and have them available. That's, uh, All right. that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Thank you. I will attempt to find that on my computer. And once okay, I find I'll, it, well, it'll be sent to you. I just, okay. I was just thinking if it was handy, but if it's not, I can get it from Jeannie, too. All right, fabulous. Well, let's see uh, if there's anybody out there with a hand up in the phone queue. We had somebody with a hand up briefly. They've disappeared. And there is only one person in the chat room who has no comment or question yet. So the number is 646-200-4169. There's probably a full 35 minutes left to uh, 
answer questions or listen to comments or testimonials. We have quite a few callers listening in on the switchboard, but nobody with a hand up yet. So if you press 1, if you're listening, that will, that will let me know you want to have some input or question, and you're first in line. 646-200-4169, and just press 1. And what I'd invite anybody who's on the show to do, you know, if, if, if we were just face-to-face and, Tim, you know, the three of us were sitting down at a, a table talking, and I had given the introduction that I did about matter and energy. If uh, Dr. Tim had talked about what uh, what Michael shared yesterday, what, what would your question be? And your question, although you may say, well, I'm new to this, it's, it's not important, I don't know what I'm talking about, that's the kind of question that always opens the most powerful space. Because what I've found over the years, and I, and I say this from my own personal experience and my own personal process, is that if I'm at a, a plateau where I just, you know, I just can't get any higher in my process, I seem to be stuck, what I find is that it's always something in the basics that I'm missing. And so when somebody shows up and asks a question, if you hear that little voice in the background, I'm here with Adeline. We are getting to spend the day together today. We're actually getting ready to go pick up this awesome vegetarian pizza and go visit Suzanne, who you've heard on the radio show before. She has a daughter that's 12 who is a gymnast and recently broke her arm and just had surgery a couple of days ago. So if you'd hold uh, Morgan in love and light, that would be awesome, but uh, I'm getting... So if you hear this little voice, you know who it is. It's Adeline. If you were on the show four years ago, Adeline's been around the sun almost four times, December 14th, and uh, you heard her for the first time, I think, on December 15th, when we had her as a newborn, and you could hear those little newborn noises in the background. She's sure not a newborn anymore. She is a young lady who's got her own will and her own voice and knows exactly how to create beautiful outfits and clothes and just does all kinds of cool stuff and we're blessed to have time with her but if you uh, were at that table with us what would your question be you know be, you'd be saying well gee you know physical what are you talking about that's that's silly that's you know I can do with my mind and affect my body that's not silly it's the way it works so how can we support you your question be and and you know sometimes people especially the first time they're on the show they uh they feel a little uh you know their voice is shaky i'm embarrassed but you know just let that go your questions are really important it opens an awesome space and we'd love to share that space with you and see what uh, support we can offer all right well we'll wait for someone to put their hand up and in the meantime I've gotten a, a text or two from Michelle, who is no longer available, but while she was available, she texted about some of the conversation that happened on the show two days ago. So that was Wednesday, and I was talking about our Mind Shifters group on Tuesday night, and someone was trying to do a worksheet. And what they said was they were triggered because I used the word victim a number of times during our discussion after the video, and I don't usually use that word. 
And so she was triggered uh-huh. to anger because of my use of that word. So as I was relaying that, Susan Darnell picked up the question about how can you do a worksheet on a word, just a word. And so we didn't really get back to that to be able to clarify her question of how you would do a worksheet on the word victim. Good but we question. did move on. But we did move on to talk about how we worked through this worksheet and I coached her to make me her trigger because I'm the one who said the word several times and I changed what her expectation of me was. She said, I don't usually... She said, I never use that word. She said, Dr. Tim never uses the word victim and he's used the word victim a number of times in the discussion and I'm very angry. So as we stepped through that... She had some some other responses as I played out what her goal might be. And Michelle was triggered by my choice of helping her pinpoint a goal. And so Michelle just texted me about that process, and her her question is this. When I told um, the, the audience Wednesday what goal we had decided on on Tuesday night for this person doing the worksheet, Michelle said, well, I think it should be different, and she had some other ideas. And I told her that... Tuesday night, doing that worksheet, the person doing the worksheet, when I suggested the goal, her comment was, well, that's lame. So she also didn't think the goal was on target. And then I asked her what what words she would need to add to it to make it more on target for her. So Michelle's question is this. If a person doesn't establish the the connected, reflective goal, accurate thoughts related to the disintegrated feeling, then canceling that goal may not reveal the unconscious energy. She said, it's like a sin, I suppose, missing the mark in the opening of the veil. So that's her input, and she would like some... Or that's her question, and she'd like some input on that. The kind of thing I said on Tuesday or on Wednesday was all of Michelle's comments and Susan's comments were valid and could lead to very good worksheets. It just wasn't the worksheet that was coming together Tuesday night where when I coach someone to do a worksheet, I try to keep them focused on the original emotion, the person or thing they think is the trigger, the event that happened, the thought they're using to create their emotion, and then creating a goal 
that would specifically address all of those in line so that they're all satisfied. So, because of that, the goal that we laid out ended up producing a very intense worksheet process. And it is just one of many possible worksheets that a person could do if they were sitting listening to someone say the word victim several times and ended up getting triggered to upset. Any input on that? Yes, I have some thoughts. Go right ahead. And, and, you know, the the starting point for that would be... Well, we'll open that up. I'm just getting a request from Maddie. Uh, You know, if you go back to the original teacher of forgiveness on the planet, at least as far as we get served from the Aramaic in this culture, we're talking about Yeshua, and... I can I can imagine, I can project this kind of conversation into what he was addressing 2,000 years ago when Peter says to him, in essence, he says, well, how many of these worksheets, how many times do we need to forgive our brother is seven times enough. Now, first of all, in Aramaic, when the Greeks translated that, how many times do we need to forgive our brother, they missed two words in the translation. The original Aramaic text says, how many times do we need to forgive as to our brother? Now, in one case, forgiving your brother supports the Greek idea of I let them off the hook. But forgiving as to would would put the peace in what they've resonated in me. And so Peter says... All right, Michael. Is Michael? Yes, sir. Hello. Yes. All right, you. We, we lost a we lost a sentence or two there, so you need to back up. And where we had you was forgiving as to. When you put those two words in, then what? How does that change or extend okay. the meaning? So when you say forgive your brother, as the Greeks translated, it it supports the uh insane idea that I let my brother off the hook for what's happening inside of me and call that forgiveness. So when you mistranslate it, you get an idea supported that isn't accurate. When you add the as to into the translation, then what you see is that what he said was how many times should I forgive as to that is my brother resonated something in the side of me. How many times do I need to forgive? Because, and, and I could easily project this conversation you were just talking about, Tim, into that whole conversation, but I, because I could hear Peter saying, well, you know, geez, I, I, I canceled my goal. I forgave us to the, the rage that came up in me. I, I, I forgave us to the sadness. And, you know, in each case, it was a different worksheet. And he says, it's seven times enough. And in Aramaic, Yeshua says... 77 times 70, which is not a literal number. I'm sure we didn't have a bunch of fishermen that were multiplying out 77 times 70. You know, 7 times 49, carry the 4, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure that they weren't doing that. It was a number that was incomprehensible to them. But what Yeshua was in essence saying is, you're going to do an infinite amount of work around your issues until you're finished with it. So there might be... You know, when you start to recognize, in order to create this hologram we call reality, 
the, the picture were like I'm sitting right now in a parking lot waiting to go pick up pizza after the show. And I look over and I'm hearing this little, sweet little voice of Addie. Yes. And I'm looking across the street and seeing a sign for Katie's Pizza. And I see trees and cars and a road. There's a church over there. There's a flag. In order to produce that, to, to generate that hologram, how many files, so to speak, go into activity? How many things need to resonate in me? You know, a million, a billion, ten billion, who knows how much neuronal activity there is for me to actually look out or think I'm looking out and see this hologram that I'm seeing. And so each goal that would relate to a different thought, a different feeling, would be perfectly appropriate to cancel in order to clean up whatever it is that needs to be cleaned up. So I would suspect that uh, Michelle was perfectly on target with she'd have done this goal because for her in that circumstance, that would have been the worksheet that was important. The person you are with personally, and it sounds like with the intensity of the, the healing that happened in that space for both that person and the whole group, that it was the perfect goal for them to do a worksheet on. I might have listened to the conversation and said, well, you know, Tim, I think I would have been working on this. And, and that would have reflected more of the content of my mind. And so, you know, I mean, in any given issue, especially where there's a lot of intense emotion, one could probably easily look at a thousand shades of worksheets. And, of course, for somebody to say, and I'll invite Michelle to catch this show and go back, for somebody to say, that makes me angry, of course, and, and maybe that wasn't the conversation, maybe that triggers anger in me, would, would just say, boy, there's the worksheet you want to do around that word, and how do you do a worksheet on a word? Well, remember when we introduced the forgiveness process in the Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop, I'll say that you know this worksheet is designed... And you can do it around any person, place, thing, or event, past, present, future, living, or dead, including yourself. And so there are a myriad of worksheets that can be done around any given issue. And, you know, I use the example usually in the workshop of, you know, gee, I, I'm in a hurry to go to work and, and I need to be at the office on time and I go out and start my car and boom, the battery's dead and I get out and kick the car. That would be a worksheet on a car. That would be a worksheet on a battery not operating, failure, the company that sold me a lousy battery might take me there. That would be a worksheet on, oh, my God, I'm going to be late for work. I'm supposed to take care of this customer. I'm not going to be able to do it. That might be a worksheet on, oh, my God, my job is at risk. I might get fired. That might be a worksheet on, oh, my God, if I get fired, my wife is going to be really enraged with me. She said if I lost this job, I'd, she'd divorce me. I mean, there are a myriad of worksheets that can be done on virtually any topic going, and it sounds like you picked the perfect one and had the perfect language to resonate not only for your group in the support group, but for the uh, a couple of people here on the radio show. And that's, you know, that's always the goal is what do we need to resonate to recognize what my next piece of work is. And, of course, nothing outside of me has ever made me angry. Nothing outside of anyone who's listened to the show has ever made them angry. We can lie to ourselves and we can hallucinate a whole world where we said, Joe made me angry, Harry made me angry, Mary made me angry. The truth is, I'm angry because I have anger in me. 
when I realize that I'm angry because I have anger in me, then I start to forgive as to my anger. And if Harry's the one who resonated my anger, then I would forgive as to the anger that Harry resonated in me in order for me to be able to scoop into my genes, my mind, my structure, and remove my anger so that I can live a world where anger isn't a factor in my life anymore. Even if Harry came in and did exactly what he did today at ten times the intensity, if I've forgiven my anger, I'm not going to have any. You know, uh, it was a, a really powerful happening this summer at Heartland. It ties in with Michael's conversation yesterday. And I think, Tim, you've met Magda, but Magda's someone who uh, she and Chuck moved just a half a mile down the road from us in order to be close to, to supporting the work and doing the work. But Magda was at that intent, one of the intensives that Michael was at, and Michael cleared several layers of rage, and at one point he... Uh, kind of walked up behind her and was in that loud raging thing, and she freaked out. I mean, she just totally freaked out. And she realized that, and when she did the worksheets that she did, she went back to remembering her parents always fighting and being angry with each other. And I'm not telling tales out of school. She shared this with us on the show. But it gave her the opportunity to really work through some fear about people who are in loud conversations and in conflict conversations. And then uh, three or four days later, and, and Magda really seriously went to work on that issue, three or four days later, there was another layer of that that came up for Michael, only this time he literally walked. I, I'm in you know this circle of chairs, and I'm in the center of the circle up by the whiteboard, and he walked over toward me, and her chair was between he and I and just blasted out a layer. And... Magda just sat there with a grin on her face, with a smile on her face, no reaction whatsoever, nothing to forgive around people having a conversation based in conflict or loudness. And that's the whole process of what happens when we step into forgiveness, that we get freed of those things. So that would be kind of my take on the whole uh, process. Does that kind of fit with where you were going? Yes, that's... to my mind, very very similar to what we said in the show on Wednesday. And um, it reminds me of when I was learning the deeper techniques with emotional freedom technique tapping. There was a scientist, his name is Tillman, and he was there at one of the seminars. And Gary Craig asked him about this very kind of thing. He said... Gary Craig is the person who created the emotional freedom technique tapping that uses knowledge of the acupuncture meridians to help get energy moving so that the body can heal whatever it needs to heal. And so he asked um, Mr. Tillman or Dr. Tillman about this, and his response was that just like Einstein talked about, none of us are separate we're all connected. We have the morphogenic fields, we have these biorhythms, we have energies that radiate off of us that interact with others around us. And when I go to help somebody to do a worksheet, or in this case he was talking about, when I go to help somebody process something using a technique like emotional freedom technique, tapping, everything about who I am as a person and my history and what's up for me in that moment 
is going to be interacting with them and everything they are as a person and what's up for them in a moment and their personal family histories, etc. So it's really important for me to hold the intention to do what's in the highest and best interest for everyone involved. And when I engage that way as a whole spiritual entity with my bloodline there standing there with me in all of my life issues, some of which I've cleared up and some of which I haven't, when I interact with that person, I may get an answer that they should focus on this piece or that piece that would be very different than what Dr. Michael Rice would get if he were there, focused on the intention of doing what's in the highest and best good for everyone and interacting with the same person on the same issue. Because the field changes by my very presence in it. And as you just finished saying, it's all good stuff to work on. You know, Sigmund Freud once said something about if you analyze any one dream that you have, if you analyze it completely all the way to the end, all of your life work will be done. And that taps into a thought that I've heard expressed in other ways. How I do anything is how I do everything. And so within one dream, I have all of my issues accessible. They may not all be on the surface. They may not all be right there for me to see easily. But by the time I work through them, every time I come back to rework that dream, I've done some more work. I've shifted some more things. More issues in the moment are up for me. And how I interpret the dream or what gets stimulated in me will be different. So I think our conversation on Wednesday was very similar to to your input, and I appreciate it. And we still have about 12 or 13 minutes left. So if you have a question or a comment about anything we've said today or anything you've been working on or... Do it. All right. Cool. So press 1-646-200-4169. Thoughts, Michael? And you may be hearing that... You may be hearing that sweet voice in the background. Well, the other thing that I, I wanted to, uh, to address today and add in my mind was um, to look at the, uh, the idea of canceling a goal in order to remove what is unlike love and then to become cognizant. And this ties in with the, uh, the video, Getting the Stress You Need, or the workshop, Getting the Stress You Need. And to recognize that we can create custom designer stresses. And a custom designer stress will be the kind of stress that instead of bringing in the hostility and fear-based mind, will bring in the part of our and, and when I say mind there, I'm talking about our genes, our ancestral history. You know, whenever a certain circumstance shows up that resonates hostility, everything connected to hostility from my bloodline comes into play. And so that's why oftentimes I think people get so deeply into it, they become so depressed because there's all of that moving in them 
that they normally are able to avoid and don't deal with. And then as soon as you recognize that that's how these goals work, and as you say, the, the whole history uh, kind of thing, that when we tap into creating designer stresses for our lives, consciously creating our lives, then we set goals, purposely, consciously set goals that enhance the genetic history that we have of success and feeling good in ourselves, tapping into the wonder and the aliveness and the beauty of all of life. And so just being conscious that you you recognize you're pulling all of the generations of energy on the positive and the negative. And so when you let go of the negative side and start creating your life consciously and creating designer stresses, then you design your stresses to also draw on your life experience of wonderful, positive uplifting events and the wonderful, positive, uplifting energies and support of your generations. And as you do that, you you get in the same way that people can drop into the depth of negativity when generational patterns of negativity are resonated, then in exactly the same way. They, in exactly the same way, we can get all of the constructive, loving, wondrous, wonderful support from the generations, the things that have been learned, the skills, the tools, you know. So there's the positive side of that as well as the negative and creating the kind of stresses that really do support your life, getting the stress you need. <laughs> so stress is a, an absolutely necessary thing. Without stress, we'd be dead. And you want stresses that support your aliveness instead of a mind based in hostility and fear. Well, and as you say so that, that would be my other thought. All right. As you say that, it, it reminds me, I'm not sure I've mentioned this very strongly, but both Tuesday night's worksheet in the Tuesday support group and last night's worksheet in the Thursday support group had very uh-huh. strong cross generational patterns that were accessed. And 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 for one person it it went into being aware of how frequently her mother would say things to her that left her feeling that she was not that she was a horrible person. And then extending that to, you know, how do you suppose that what her mother heard when her mother was a child, etc. And then last night there was there was a, a much more clear sense of a cross generational pattern through the women in this in you know, this member's bloodline having a very similar set of experiences leading to not feeling worthwhile or lovable. So it's a very very strong part of most worksheets, but. Sometimes it's very, very much on the surface, very apparent. Yeah, and, you know, it it is really so amazing. You hear that little laugh in the background? That's Addie. Yeah, I was going to say, you ought to just put the microphone. 
we we got to just have her laugh us out of the show when there's three minutes left. There you go. Uh, you know, I, except that probably on demand it wouldn't work quite that well. <laughs> we can try it. <laughs> you were saying it's so amazing well, how this cross-generational stuff. And, uh, where Okay, Michael, you're breaking up. We're losing it again? Yeah. Maybe a plane is flying around near you or something, but it's interrupted your signal. Okay, you, you want to take it for a minute or two, and I'll see if I can get where I can get a better signal. Well, you're you're very clear right now. You can You can pick it up again. Oh, okay, great. I don't know why I'm in exactly the same place, but so well, so it might have the, been a plane or something. How these, yeah, how these negative um, thoughts that people take on about themselves, how belittled they've been, and how belittling they are of themselves, sadly have crept into so many churches, to where there's some the tradition is so negative about self, and and I think because they've tried to counterbalance the imbalanced ego-centered self by degrading the self, that a, a true, honest picture of self as the presence of love, as the offspring of love, has been lost. And, and you know, in, in church circles so often, I just hear people speaking in such degrading ways about themselves. And, you know, one of the interesting things about the Aramaic is that in the Aramaic, a cause and an effect are both represented by the same word. You can't separate them out. A person and their possessions, you can't separate them out. They're one and the same. A person and what they create are one and the same. And these churches don't realize that when they diss the creator's creation, they're dissing the creator as well. And they prattle on about how much love they have of the creator, but when the stress is up and the chips are down, what they usually do is turn to hostility or fear. There's no relationship with love, the creator, at all. The thing they trust, the thing they love, is their hostility and fear. And all the graven images that carbon-based memory makes out of that hostility and fear-based mind. You know, that, that command that talks about have no false gods, no graven images before me. Hatred, anger, prejudice, rage, they're all false gods. Condemnation, negative self-talk, they're false gods that block us from the activity and the presence of love. And so to really focus in and do worksheets, if one has found themselves coming from a religious tradition in particular that's degrading or a family culture that's degrading to really step into the worksheet process, the forgiveness process around those dynamics so that all of the self-talk, when somebody says, wow, that was really fabulous of you to do that, people can, in a genuine loving heart, say thank you rather than, oh, no, I don't deserve it. No, don't talk. No, I don't. No, not me. No, I just, it's like, crazy what's been done in the name of healing in an imbalanced way and I think oftentimes because of those generational patterns that come into play that are based in insanity and so 
just being aware of those patterns and the fact that they're all changeable. The whole game can be totally and completely rewritten. And that's what we're here to support people in rewriting their game. That's so fully conscious out of as love. That's the only thing they support in the world. And as we select to support those things that are based in love in the world, we're then really, truly, actually building relationship with the creator rather than some tradition or belief based in craziness. So that's what we want to support in the world. That's what our whole conversation is about. What if anyone who sees this as an issue in your life where you do, oh, you know, I can't do that, or I'm stupid, oh, I'm not capable, no, I'm not, I'm not good enough, no, don't thank me, I don't deserve it. How would your life be different? I, I just invite anybody who's in that game, because it's so common, so prevalent in the culture, and it's so unconscious oftentimes too, but how would your life be different if you could never, ever again in your life say a negative word about yourself? You could never do a put-down. You could never think a negative thought about yourself. How different could and would life be? How different would the self that you think of self be? I have someone making a request that I put the window up. It's getting a little breezy out. we got a beautiful sunny day in the, in St. Louis, but it's probably... Maybe 70, so it's just a little on the cool side. It's pretty nice, actually. But it's really pretty big. And if uh, if anyone is uh, is ready to take your work to the next level, we're talking about with this, we'd invite you to go to our website. And uh, if you click the folder that or the button up at the top right that says um, Flyers, that will give you a copy of our schedule for next summer at Heartland. It will also give you a copy of a flyer for two intensives that we're doing in Florida in uh, February. We're actually going to start on February 1st. We have an absolutely awesome 3,500-square-foot house that we've rented. We've got room for about 12 people in the intensive, or in each of the intensives. And uh, it will start on February 1st. We're going to do a nine-day codependence to interdependence. And then for those who wish to do a longer codependence to interdependence and communication practicum, actually the nine-day will also include the communication practicum, for those who want to extend that, it will move up. Okay, Michael, you're breaking up again. Okay. Well, tell you what, we're down to the last minute or so. Uh, why don't we just close out the show and say thank you to everybody. I'm not sure what's happening with my signal. Check the website, Codependence to Interdependence Communication Practicum, 1st of February. 17th of February starts a 16-day Laws of Living. Come and play. Blessings. We appreciate you. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. 
Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.